on the bayou, the all-new Raging Cajun 102.7 FM. What's up, everybody? It is Play by Play coming to you live on this Tuesday. Casey Just Blair here. We've got a fun 90 minutes or so to chat with you all throughout the course of the show. We'll be live until 1 o'clock, as always, 1130 to 1 here on KLEB. And we're live anytime in the podcast library and the archives. We have seen huge numbers, huge, huge numbers in recent weeks. And what has happened is, you know, your people tune in. Because, you know, something crazy happens, you know, a coach comes on the show, says something, you know, that the school system doesn't like and, you know, the, the, the drama and the controversy and then, you know, the interview gets posted and what happens is people see that and say, I didn't even know that this show was happening. You know, let me subscribe. So we've gotten big numbers just through all that, you know, nastiness there. It's unfortunate circumstances, but we certainly welcome the larger audience and we hope that everybody enjoys the show every single day from Monday through Friday, 1130 to one on KLEB. At 11.45, we're going to LCO. We're going to have their head football coach and athletic director, Coach Keegan Polkey. They got a big one today, y'all. They open up their season. Um, this is real game. This is not scrimmage. It's not jamboree. This is not, you know, first team offense gets 12 plays. You know, second team offense gets eight plays. Not none of that. We're playing for real. Counting in the parish uh, championship standings. Taking on West Thibodeau, another contender, a team that's going to challenge them. Coach Keegan Pokey and his crew taking on West Thibodeau today on the road. We look forward to chatting with Coach Pokey about the challenges that they're going to face in that one. At noon, we've got some headlines to comb over. Kevin Durant is going off um, on his trade request. He is uh, rescinding that. He's going to return to the Brooklyn Nets. He didn't have any other choice. There were no, there was no suitable market for him. You know, so at the end of the day, we'll kind of chime in on that at 12 noon and what it means for the NBA. 12-15, it's Tuesday. We're going to have our Terrebonne General Tuesday with Stan Gravois. Look forward to chatting with him at 12-15 about everything that he's got going on. There's a whole lot happening in our local area, as you all well know. Then at 12-40ish, after we get off with Stan, we'll kind of go back into the headlines and maybe dig into some Major League Baseball. Pujols went deep again yesterday. Maybe talk a little NFL. And then at the bottom of the show, we'll make our picks and wrap up and get out of here. Let's thank our sponsors today. The Blue Boot Foundation, Southland Dodge and Homa. Industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. How about Dufresne Building Materials? Got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets, feels like home. Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. A reminder, join us every Saturday, 10 o'clock, for the Sports Corner, presented by Terrebonne General Health System, with Stan Gravois and myself for the latest in local high school, college, and professional sports from your local sports experts, sponsored by State Bank and Trust Company, presented by Terrebonne General Health System. One more reminder: join us for um, join, excuse me, join us live Friday night for varsity high school football coverage this Friday, the South Lafouche High School Jamboree, approximately eight fifteen. The Tarpons and the Braves will be rolling. Our broadcast will be sponsored by Three T Oil, Lady of the Sea General Hospital. State Bank and Trust Company, Advanced Eye Institute, State Farm Agent Ashley Barrios, Danos, Golden Motors, and Tanner McGee for Judge Court of Appeals. So, let's dive in. We're a couple of days away from the Jamborees, a couple of days away from 
you know, really getting college football started. We've got an SEC game on Saturday on TV. LSU's first opponent, Florida State, will also play this weekend. So we've got a whole lot to break down and a whole lot to talk about throughout the course of the week and throughout the course of this particular show. Um, let's actually start in middle school because we do have a big, big game today. LCO and, and West Thibodeau, it's a big one. Maybe the two best teams in the parish locking horns right out of the gate. And we'll have Keegan on at 1145, but just a couple of keys and a couple of things that I see as being important for both teams. On the first hand, West Thibodeau, you've got to get off to a good start tonight. You've got to get off to a good start tonight, just mentally. The reason why I say that's a big key for the Rebels is because, look, they they jumped out 6 nothing in the Jamboree on Saturday. But the last memories that they have against LCO are not good. LCO kind of woke up from the early game slumber, put 20 straight points on them. West Thibodeau's body language wasn't good at the end of that jamboree. If there would have been another quarter on top of that, LCO would have beat them 40 to 6, straight up. So West Thibodeau, early in the game, has to erase those bad memories and have something to feel good about. If LCO gets the ball first, goes straight down the field, scores, and gets a stop, then scores again like it's over before it even starts. Wes has got to find something to feel good about early in the game to erase some of that backwash from Saturday, erase some of that negative karma from Saturday, and get themselves rolling. On the flip side to that, if you're LCO, you got to tackle a little bit better than what you did at times on Saturday. Uh, Wes went down the field and scored a little bit of missed tackles, and you know had some guys that were hitting people in the backfield, not wrapping them up, not bringing them down. Some linebackers who were getting their paws on the ball carriers were not bringing them down. You can't miss tackles against a team that is very athletic and very good in space because if you do, they're going to take a three-yard gain, turn it into a 33-yard gain, and then guess what? If you miss the tackle 33 yards down the field, then it's going to become a 63-yard gain and a touchdown. West's got athletes that can house it on you. When you get your hands on the ball carrier, you have got to bring them down. And then the third key, special teams both ways. Um, if you got a punt, you got to make sure you get that punt off. You can't have it get blocked. If you're gonna, you know, score and you're gonna have your on, you know, the ensuing kickoff, it's got to be fairly deep down the field. It can't be shanked to where the other team's getting the ball, you know, midfield. And special teams in middle school is very elevated because it's not repped a whole lot, and the kids aren't very proficient at it. We see a lot of long kick returns and different things of the sort. That's a huge phase. You could steal points there, and it'll be big both ways. We're approaching our jamboree season on the high school level, and we'll talk about the two quote-unquote bigger jamborees in our area. The one that we're going to be calling here is going to be the South Lafouche Jamboree. In the opener, you got E.D. White versus Terrebonne. Then the nightcap, you got H.L. Bourgeois versus South Lafouche. E.D. White versus Terrebonne is intriguing as hell to me, and I get that everybody here locally is super excited about South Lafouche and H.L. Bourgeois. It's not that I'm not, but by all accounts, you tell me, Terrebonne is much improved, and we know what E.D. White could bring. So if that's a close, you know, 14 to 12, um, you know, 7 to 7, you know, 10 to 7 type jamboree, and if Terrebonne's running with them and playing with them stride for stride, we may have to rethink what we think about our local 5A district. Because I think that everybody would concede E.D. White's probably the slight favorite because of what they've done. But if Terrebonne is, you know, competing with them and playing close to them and, and you know, having you know, moments of success against that defense, we have to rethink ourselves. Then in the back end of it, I think HL Bourgeois and South Lafouche is an important jamboree. I think the Tarpons young players need something to feel good about going into the season, get a little confidence and show themselves, hey, we could do this. 
We could play at a high level. We could do all the same things that last year's team did. And the same thing goes for HL Bourgeois because, look, they also lost a huge senior class. They're also young. They're also inexperienced. They want to show, hey, what, what happened last year wasn't a fluke. Like, yeah, last year's senior group was great, but we've got some good dudes in this locker room still yet who can make some things happen. So I think for confidence and morale, I think that that's a big one both ways. And I think that that one is going to be very important to try to set the tone before week one. Then across the way, over at the Terrebonne General Jamboree, over at South Terrebonne, you've got South Terrebonne taking on Central Lafourche, and you've got Ellender taking on Thibodeau. Um, South Terrebonne and Central Lafourche will be intriguing, of course, because of Aaron Babbitt and Central Lafourche and this, that, and the other. But people are telling me Central Lafourche is actually playing pretty well in the preseason. Coach Pop's got you know some athletes out there, and they're actually looking pretty good. If they could compete with South Terrebonne, hey, who knows? You know, man, I, I saw it here down the bayou. A team... In the 2000s, down the bayou, got their coach late coming off of a couple bad seasons, and they ended up going 9-1. and one. Now, I'm not suggesting that Coach Pop is going to do what Coach Former did and go 9-1. and one. I'm not suggesting that. But this idea that Central Lafourche is just going to be terrible again, I don't, I'm not ready to commit to that either. I've seen them play basketball. I know that they got athletes on that campus. Coach Pop tells me he's got 80-plus kids in his program. I think they're going to be better. I think that they're going to make some improvements. I think they're going to make some strides. They were super young, and I think that they're going to be athletic. I think they're going to be talented, and I can't wait to see what the result of that one is. On the back end of that, you got Thibodeau and Ellender. Thibodeau's going to be favored in that, but guess what? Much like we said about Terrebonne and E.D. White, if Ellender runs with them, if Ellender competes with them, we may have to rethink how we feel about our local 4A district. Ellender's a wild card. They're a mystery. We know they've got playmakers. We know they got guys who could take it to the house. If they could block a Thibodeau, if they could compete in the trenches up front against a Thibodeau, they're going to be awfully tough. They're going to be awfully tough. So those are four scrimmage or jamboree matchups locally, and I think they're all intriguing in their own way. Y'all, I cannot wait for Friday. We're going to have scores to break down, and then Saturday we're going to have reactions from the coaches and everything of the sort going to be a whole lot of fun. The games don't matter, but I do think we're going to be able to read between the tea leaves and learn a little bit about each team based on what we see on Friday night. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Keegan Pokey with LCO. His football team's got a big one tonight against West Thibodeau. Can't wait to chat about that. It's play-by-play here on KLEB. Make this the summer event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right ones should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too, through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with. 
industrial power systems, your only local power generation professional, serving Lafouche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, guaranteed. I spent my Saturday out at Thibodeau at Thibodeau High School and watched the Lions Club Jamboree. One of the teams that shined and played very well was the LCO football team, the defending Paris champs, and they've got a big one tonight against West Thibodeau. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We go to the phone lines for the first time today, and we have LCO's football coach, Coach Keegan Pokey, on the line. Coach, good morning, buddy. How are you? Morning, I'm doing well. What about you? Doing great, bud. Uh, it is a fun time of the year. The games are going to start counting today, and you got a big one right out of the gate against West Thibodeau. I know you're telling me off the air a second ago the kids are excited. They're fired up. Man, it's the start of a new year, dude. I know you guys are eager to get after it. Yeah, and uh, I, th- I think the kids are ready. I think they're calm, they're collective. they got a level of confidence, but they also understand that that, that game Saturday was just a jamboree, that we're definitely going to see some things that we, we, you know, we didn't see on Saturday and their level of play, I'm sure, is going to amp up. Being as the first Paris game of the year, I'm sure they, they're shooting for us just like we're shooting for them. Big game, probably the biggest game of the year uh, right out of the gate. So we're looking forward to it as a coaching staff and players. I'm looking forward to get out in Thibodeau and see what, uh, what we're made of right out of the gate. How important was it on Saturday? And Look, I was there and I talked to your assistant coach, Coach Chuck, about this, and he said, hey, man, that was big for us you know, to grow as a team. How important was it? to see them go down the field and score and take an early lead and then see your team respond to having to taste their own blood, they responded in stride. They scored 20 unanswered, and they were dominating the final portion of that. To see them have to deal with that adversity, fall behind, not panic, and then come right back and throw some haymakers, that had to make you feel proud, especially this early in the season. Yeah, and, you know, like the last week, we, we challenged the kids mentally, and we said, hey, look, we got to be a little bit more mentally tough than where we were against Golden Medal. Um, we challenged the kids on film. We watched film right after the gold medal game. And I, I'll be the first one to tell you it wasn't pretty. Um, so we just want to improve on Saturday. Whether we came out on top of the scoreboard or not, we want to improve on the, the penalties. We want to improve on our mental toughness, physical toughness. We want to fire off the ball. We want to hit the holes. And uh, like you said, that word that you use is a word that we used often last year, in the last couple of years, adversity, and how you respond when you get hit in the mouth. And I, I'm very proud of the kids. They, they responded well. 
um, they went ahead and they, we, we, they drove down our throat right off the gate. Uh, we missed a lot of tackles, and then we responded with three more touchdowns. So I was very happy to see that. Uh, it definitely, I think it, it, it bonded these kids a little bit more. They realized it's an 11-man uh, game, not a, a one- or two-man game. So they, uh, they were excited about it. We were excited about it. Now we, uh, we move on to today. So how do you approach that? And what I mean by that is, okay, you know, a high school, they'll play their jamboree on Friday. Then their next game is on Friday. With you guys, it's a very, very short turnaround. You played your jamboree Saturday, and now already back on Tuesday, you're back at it. Did you do anything at all on Sunday? Did you give the kids off? Then, you know, what did you do yesterday? I mean, obviously, you want to probably keep it a little bit light knowing you got a game on Tuesday. How did you guys approach the last 48 hours or so? Hey, look, that's a great question. I'm still kind of getting used of this uh... – this middle school level of scheduling and everything. Like a lot of times when we come off of a Christmas break, holiday break, you pretty much play. Like you don't have a, a, a day in between. But we gave them off Sunday. We gave them off Sunday. And then uh, yesterday we went ahead. We had a little bit of a lengthy practice yesterday. We went to 530. Uh, but we watched film for 45 minutes. And then we got actually rain delayed and, and lightning delayed for a little while. We got outside around 430. We went over some offense, some defensive stuff which we did that in our locker room too. Um, but being that we're, we're short notice, of, you know, and that's how majority of our games are, you, you play on the Tuesday. Um, so a lot of times it's just watching film, just saying, hey, look, this is the things we could get better. This is our game plan moving forward. And at this point, I mean, we've been grinding since May. At this point, we're, we're pretty confident in what the kids can do. We're pretty confident in their ability mentally. Uh, and um, I think they're more ready than ever right now. What are some challenges you're expecting to face? You know, I saw West Thibodeau for the two quarters. They're athletic. They're explosive. And I kind of mentioned in the first segment of the show that tackling will be key because, you know, look, they got guys that could turn a three-yard gain into a 23-yard gain with just one missed tackle. What are some keys that you guys are going to have to perform well tonight? Yeah, and look, that number five could go. You've seen right away when he when – because he, he, he can break a few tackles. He's slippery. He gets out in space. He go. But we expect more. We that They run the wing tee. We're expecting and. Thankfully, I got a coach that has been uh, pretty experienced about the wing tee, so he was able to put his uh, input a lot. Uh, but we expect a little bit more quarterback run. We know their quarterback's really athletic. Um, on film, we didn't respect him a whole bunch, so tonight we're going to respect him and make sure somebody's on him at all times. So on offense, we on defense, we're just ready. We, we need to wrap up. We need to hit. We need to hit our gaps. We need to be closest to the line of scrimmage. Um, their line it was kind of far back, being that they pull a lot. Uh, so for some reason, it made us further back too as well. So we need to hug that line of scrimmage, come off the ball, make sure we're securing tackles. And then on uh, offense, <clears throat> they're good up front, man. They they come out with that seven man front. They had four defense, like four. They had two linebackers, two cornerbacks, and all the rest are up front. They're in a gap every single time. They did a lot of shifting. So we put in a game plan that things would be very helpful for us. Uh, but we got to make sure we get a, a head on a helmet. And we got to go ahead and make sure we're creating the line of scrimmage, not letting them create the line of scrimmage on our part. Brother, you know, as you listen to the show, I ask the coaches all the time about the kicking game. So I'm going to ask you now. And I think in middle school, it's more profound than ever. But look, Saturday, that was the one take that I had. Some teams couldn't punt. Some teams didn't even try to punt. You know, some teams, when they were trying to do kickoff, the ball would go eight yards. You know, some teams, like you, would kick it and it would actually go pretty far down the field. How important is it to be good in those areas? Because, man, those little 10, 15-yard swings in field position, that adds up over the course of a game. That third phase, we don't talk about it, but especially at your level, if you could punt and if you could you know, get the ball deeper down the field on the kickoffs, those things matter a lot, dude. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then it, uh, it can, talking about vice versa, it kind of is important if you're uh, in positive territory and then next thing you know, the person's thinking about punting or, uh, and they're not very good at, at punting, then you go ahead and you might get a turnover just by them thinking about punting. So, yeah, we, <laughs> we got a pretty solid kicker in Kentrell Shepard. Last year we had a solid kicker in uh, Lucas Harrison. Um, our punt team, we're ready for it. We would have to punt. Um, it's kind of one of those things at middle school level as a, as a head coach. You freak out if you have to punt because this was a fact I said earlier. You don't have much time to work on it or you don't put as much effort into it. But we're ready. We practiced it. We practiced it uh, on a daily basis. Um, our kicking game, it, it, it's better. It could be better this Saturday and pretty much for today. We're going to make sure we keep the ball out of their athletes' hands. That doesn't mean that we're going to go ahead and not boom it back. We're going to make sure we, we keep it away from their athletes. And uh, we'll, we'll trust our defense and we'll see it what that comes about moving forward. Four-quarter game this time. There's no more, hey, the starters get 12 plays or, you know, one quarter. It's a full four-quarter game. Conditioning-wise, there's been a lot of rain. Are you confident that the guys are going to hold up through the four quarters? Yeah, and look, uh, we're running a lot of plays on offense during our practices. And uh, Coach Nessie brought up a great idea that to get our conditioning within practice so we don't have to worry about conditioning afterwards. Our running backs, no matter if they get the ball or not, quarterback, fullback, and our two running backs are literally running about 30 yards every single time full speed. And if they don't, they have a consequence. And we hold them to that expectations, and they, they hold themselves to that expectations too as well. Like, if they don't give it 100%, they already know, hey, I'm probably going to have 10 push-ups, so let's me, let me go knock out these 10 push-ups because I didn't go full speed. So our offensive line, our offensive line, I mean, they, they're, they're grinding every single day in the individual, but they're also grinding when we go team. We've got about a 30 play script almost every single day that they're grinding really no breaks until we're done with that script very cool man look uh i gotta compliment you guys on one thing man you guys were super organized saturday you know you played very very well and one guy that i think deserves a lot of credit for that your quarterback dude like y'all ain't gonna throw it a whole lot this season that's not y'all offense but he keeps everybody organized the huddle is under control at the line of scrimmage he's doing a good job your quarterback does an excellent job, man. I just wanted to shout at him, shout him out. He keeps you guys on the same page. Yeah, Jack Griffin, man. He, uh, I went talk to him. You had rolled up a little segment on uh, one of your articles, and I went talk to him. I said, "Hey, man, you seen that little uh, segment that Coach Casey put in your article?" He said, "Yeah, that was pretty cool." I said, "Jack, who would have ever thought you would have been in this fight?" I said, "Coach, I didn't even think I was starting at the beginning of the year." <laughs> so, how much he he has grown as a man, and how much he has grown as a leadership. And look, he's very respectful. Everything we act at him, yes, sir, no, sir. But, uh, yeah, he's calm, collective. He's a baseball player, a really good baseball player. So I, I think being a baseball player, being calm and collective like he is, yeah, it definitely benefits us in a way that uh, helps us uh, on the offensive side for sure. Before we let you go, my friend, what are some keys to victory? You guys got a big one. What are a couple of things you're hoping to see to secure the win tonight? We could, for sure got to tackle. We got to be our uh we got to do our responsibilities on defense, make sure we are doing our job. On offense, we definitely got to come out strong. Um, we got to go ahead and, and look. I always tell the kids, football is simple. Yeah, and especially at this, this level, it's very simple. You either get hit or you deliver the hit. So tonight we're going to look to deliver the hit and then let everything else uh, take into place. Very good. My friend, what time is the game tonight, 6 or 6.30? I've seen both on the Internet. Uh, 6.30 because uh, Thibodeau High School's band has a feel until 6. Okay, good deal. Well, we'll be there, man. See you tonight. All right, bud. Thank you. Yep, that is Coach Keegan Pokey with LCO. 6.30 tonight. I would have showed up at 6 and would have been a little early, but, hey, that ain't the worst thing in the world either. 
LCO and West, if you are a middle school football fan, as I'm trying to make more people in this area aware, man, we've got some good middle school ball here. That's going to be a good one. That one could potentially decide the Paris Championship right out of the gate. Now, there are going to be some other teams in the area who want to have something to say about that. Sixth Ward looked pretty fierce and looked very uh, scrappy. They're going to be tough. Graceland, if they could get their line of scrimmage play together, they've got athletes all over. They're going to be tough. Lockport's over here screaming at me, man. Hey, bro, you know, we played two games on Saturday and we won one and we tied the other one against West and LCO both. Why aren't you shouting us out? Well, there are reasons for that. Both teams played backups. I'd like to see a little bit more, but they've got a claim to it as well. Golden Meadow scrap. Everybody could play. East Thibodeau, I think, is being slept on. They had some athletes. They look pretty good. It's going to be very competitive. It's going to be very competitive, and we'll be at a lot of the games, and we'll have a lot of the coaches on to recap everything that's going to be happening. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll catch a break when we get back. We'll talk about Kevin Durant. He has retreated his trade request. He is going to be a part of the Brooklyn Nets for the upcoming season, at least so we think. And we'll talk about some of the Nets' prospects and some other things happening around the NBA in the next segment of the show. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the app store or get it on google play place your order choose your curbside pickup time and your rouse's markets personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car it's just that easy rouse's markets feels like home terrebonne general health system where medical science meets the art of caring is committed to providing the latest advances in medical technology with a gentle caring touch this is evident in our high-tech high-touch approach to healthcare. As a trusted healthcare resource, we deliver both life-saving, compassionate inpatient services and life-changing preventive care, while also providing wellness needs and outreach throughout the Bayou region. To learn about how Terrebonne General is providing innovative healthcare solutions, visit tghealthsystem.com. What does the Weatherbug app tell you? My commute will be a doozy today. Pack my allergy meds. Lightning. Pick up a pizza, not a tennis racket. With more free map layers than any other weather app, Weatherbug tells you more of what you need to know to prepare you for the unpredictable. Discover why over 10 million users choose Weatherbug. Maybe it's a commute to the couch day. Download the Weatherbug app today for free.
And welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Just Claire here. Hope everybody's enjoying their day. Here on KLEB, we are going to be spending the next segment of the show talking some NBA because the big news out of the NBA is that Brooklyn Nets superstar forward Kevin Durant has decided that he wants to quote unquote move forward together with the Nets organization after making trade demands earlier this offseason. <clears throat> the statement released by the Brooklyn Nets reads from Kevin Durant, or smoothly from general manager Sean Marks. Steve Nash and I, together with Governors Joe Tsai and Clara Wu, Tsai met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman in Los Angeles yesterday. We have agreed to move forward with our partnership. We are focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind, building a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. Couple of thoughts. One will be more serious. One will be more cynical. Let's start with the cynical side of things. It's easy for Kevin Durant now to have this kumbaya moment and say, "Oh, I'm so committed to the Nets. I'm so committed to coming back." When he didn't have any other option, he's under contract for the next four years. Because of that, the Nets set the trade demands and the trade price for Durant's services so high that no one in the NBA was willing to meet him. And rightfully so, by the way. So it's easy to say, oh, I'm coming back. Oh, everything's great. You know, we're gonna we're going to move forward together with a collective goal in mind. All these fancy adjectives and fran- fancy words and phrases. It's easy to say all that pretty language. I mean didn't have any other damn choice. That's the first thing. The second thing is that this is a good day and a good moment for the NBA today. Because one of the things that has really hurt the NBA in recent years, in this humble radio broadcaster's opinion, is that the players have way too much power. Way too much power. Anthony Davis says, I want to get traded from New Orleans, and I want to go to the Lakers. And the Pelicans give him exactly what he wants. Other players say, I want out and I want out and I want to go to this place. It's not in good competitive spirit of how a functioning professional sports league is supposed to work. Kevin Durant is under contract for the next four years. Like, no more than three or four months before making this trade demand, he signed a five-year extension with Brooklyn. If he would have successfully been able to sign that extension, immediately ask out, and get his request at a preferred destination of his, it would have sent a really, really bad message that, hey, these contracts that we're signing mean nothing. And that all you have to do as a star player is say, all right, I'm done. Peace. Send me to New York or send me to Miami or wherever. And that wish is going to always be granted. That's not in good spirit. That's not in good competitive spirit. That's not great for the league if that happens. So in a league where so many times the star player wins the argument and gets to pout his way to the city that he wants to go to, I think that it's a really good day for the NBA that one of the organizations and franchises actually had the balls to say, nope, we ain't trading you where you want to go for the price that you want. Because remember, one of the things that held this back and one of the reasons why Kevin Durant wasn't traded in the offseason was because some of the packages that the Nets got 
involve players that would have made the franchise Durant was going to less desirable, right? So he was trying to say, oh, yeah, uh, I want to go to the Heat, but I don't want Jimmy Butler included. I don't want, uh, you know, uh, this this guy included. I don't want that guy. Uh, or yeah, I, I want to go to the Suns, but only if Devin Booker's not included. So basically he was cherry picking saying, hey, I want you to trade me to a place that I want to go to for nothing. That's not good for the NBA if that would have successfully taken place, especially not for a guy who has four years left on his contract. So good for the Nets for standing firm and staring him down and saying, hey, if you don't like this, like you could retire. We're not trading you for less than what you're worth, and you either play for us or you play for no one. So good on them for doing that. That doesn't happen often in today's day and age in the NBA. But good on them for staying firm and saying, you know what, we're not going to deal with this. You're coming to play with us or you're playing for not anyone in the league. That's the, you know, that's the second thing. Now, the third thing is this. If, and it's a big if, right? Because the Nets do have some very combustible things happening there. But if the Nets could figure it out, they're really good. One of the things that I have long said since the Kevin Durant trade demand was that this was a mistake on KD's part because his best chance to win a championship is in Brooklyn. He wanted to go to Phoenix, right? Um, Devin Booker would have had to be part of that trade package. Chris Paul's uh, approaching 40 now. Kevin Durant is oft injured. What would happen when both of those guys got injured and took nights off during the regular season? That Phoenix team wouldn't have been any good. He wanted to go to Miami, okay? Uh, Bam Adebayo and other pieces would have had to be part of that trade, a bunch of draft picks. That's an aging Miami roster. He wanted to go to Philly, right? Okay. Maxie would have had to be part of that, as well as a bunch, a bunch of draft picks and everything of the sort. That wouldn't have potentially worked out either because, again, you would have been left with older rosters that are don't have a whole lot of depth and with injury-prone players. That's not ideal. That's the same thing that they had in Brooklyn when Harden was there. You know, one or two of the big three goes down, then then what you have, you got a minute, you know, a mediocre star cast with not good role players. But the Nets roster right now, the way it's been constructed, this is far and away his best chance to win the championship. You got Kyrie Irving at the top with Durant. Those are, that's the big two-headed monster. You get the mystery of, okay, if Ben Simmons actually could give you anything, and I feel so uh, so greasy even mentioning Ben Simmons, but he's an absolute flake. He's an absolute train wreck. At some point in this season, he's going to do something to let them down. He's going to fake an injury. He's going to retire. He's going he's gonna to do something to let them down. He's going to not shoot a shot for a single game and claim that he has the ifs. Like He's going to do something to let the Nets know that he's not someone that could be relied upon. But you have Simmons in there. He could potentially be a long athletic defender that could help their defense. You've got a lot of shooting. Seth Curry, Patty Mills, Joe Harris. Like a lot of guys that could really knock it down. Cam Thomas. You got a lot of stretch defense role-playing wings. TJ Warren, Royce O'Neal. Um, like, so what I'm getting at is that if the Nets could figure this thing out, and I think what may end up being a detriment to them in their attempt to figure it out is I think they may learn something that I think and I've long thought since when James Harden was there and I was following the Nets more closely, which is that Steve Nash is what's actually holding them back because he doesn't coach at all. He just rolls the ball out and says, all right, y'all go play. And they do that Phoenix Suns thing where there's so much liberty that it turns into chaos. That may be ultimately what the Nets figure out. But either way, this is his best chance to win it all. 
more so than all the other places, more so than all the other situations that he was trying to trade himself into, it's good for the league that this is what's happening. It would have been horrifically bad for the league if a guy with four years on his deal would have said, all right, send me to Phoenix, and that's exactly what would have happened. That would have sent a horrible message. Teams would have had no ability to plan their futures because you sign a guy to a five-year deal expecting to have him for five years, and then the second year of the five-year deal, he says, all right, I want out, and I want to go to Chicago. And then all of a sudden, you have to meet that demand. That's not good for anybody. So kudos to the Nets for standing up to Durant effort to try to bully them, and um, I think this will be good for the sport. Let's talk a little bit of college football briefly, and then we'll go to the phone lines and we'll get Stan on. Nick Saban is now the highest-paid football coach in college football at a public university. Duh, he should have always been. But he has agreed to a contract extension through February 2030 that will pay him an average of $11.7 million per year. This tops a deal that Kirby Smart signed earlier in the offseason that would pay him $11.2 million a year over the next 10 years. Um, This contract, in case you were wondering, through 2030 would keep Saban at Alabama until he's 78 years old. He is currently 70 years old and is coming off of a season in which he won his 10th SEC title. Alabama went to the national championship game and finished as the national runners-up, losing to Georgia. It's crazy, A, to think that how much these coaching salaries have risen. I remember when a dude in college football was making – Three, four million dollars, and we thought that was crazy. The inflation in the sport has gone up so much. Now they're making 10, 11, 12, like it within the next five or so years. Because what happens is they put these clauses in their deals, right? Where they say, All right, I'm going to be paid no matter what, I'm going to be paid the same amount as the highest paid guy in the sport. So what's going to happen here is Kirby Smart will then see this and he'll get a deal that'll pay him. $12 million instead of the 11.7. So then that'll make Saban's salary automatically go up to 12. And then, you know, some coach at whatever, Joe Blow University, is going to get another one of them clauses and then he'll top that number. And it just goes up and up and up and it becomes so competitive. And rightfully so, because we just chronicled last week how the Big Ten is getting $1 billion from the t- television network. So they've got the money to afford this, but it's just crazy how much in just the last 15 or so years. The inflation has overtaken the sports coaching salaries. That's the one take of this. And then the second take of this is that the SEC fans out there who are maybe speculating and wondering, hey, is Nick getting tired of this NIL stuff? Is Nick getting worn down? Is Nick getting tired of losing his coordinators every year? Is you know the idea of re-recruiting your locker room and the transfer portal and all the different nonsense that college coaches have to deal with today, is that wearing Nick Saban down now at 70 years old? I think we got our answer today. He's under contract now till he's 78. LSU fans, I hate to break it to you, and this pains me because I'm one of them. I'm one with you. Dude ain't going anywhere for a long, long time. He doesn't have any hobbies. Like, it's different with a John Gruden, right? Or it's different different with, you know, a Bob Stoops or some of these other guys who we see walk away because they actually live normal human lives and like to do other things besides football. Nick Saban likes to do football. That's about it. That's about it. You know, his wife has said actively and openly, like, he don't play a whole lot of golf. He don't like to do a whole lot of fishing. When he's off, he's doing other coaching stuff, trying to refresh and refine his coaching skills. This dude's going to be in coaching until he physically cannot run from the tunnel to the sidelines. And 
that ain't good for the rest of the SEC because we've seen the track record, which speaks for itself. So Saban will be around for the next, oh, seven, eight more years, and it looks like he's going to be pushing uh, being an old-timer under contract until he's 78 years old. Let's catch a break. When we get back on play-by-play, we're going to the phone lines. Mr. Stan Gravlov will join us. It's our Terrible in General Tuesday, and we're happy to bring it to you. We'll be chatting some college, some pro, in addition, of course, to the bread and butter of the high school in the next segment with Stan right here on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The music on the bayou, the rage and Cajun, 1600 AM, KLEB and 102.7 FM. Make this the summer event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right ones should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. How about becoming a part of something bigger and join the team? We're currently hiring for welders, fitters, and blaster painters to work at our fabrication yard in LaRose. You can apply now at www.danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective guaranteed. Hello friends and family, Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the app store or get it on google play place your order choose your curbside pickup time and your rouse's markets personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car it's just that easy rouse's markets feels like home Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in LaRose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Wow, 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 wow,
Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Just Glare here going to the phone lines for one last time in the show. It's Tuesday, so that means we're going to our friends over at Terrebonne General for our Terrebonne General Tuesday interview with Stan Gravois. Stan, good afternoon, my friend. How are you today? Good, good. Everything going well and uh, looking forward to maybe drying out a little bit so these kids can get their jamborees in. No doubt. I was uh, chatting in earlier segments of the show about how exciting it is. You know, got the Jamboree here down the by, which will feature Terrebonne, E.D. White, South Lafouchin South HL. Then you guys got the Terrebonne General Jamboree, which will feature South Terrebonne, Central Lafouche, Thibodeau, and Ellender. Then, you know, the other schools in the area, Vanderbilt, E.D. White, and Yohoma Christian CCA, they're all out doing their own thing. And I mentioned this in the first segment of the show. We're going to get a pretty good idea. I know the Jamborees don't matter, and I know that, you know, the teams will still be 0-0. Zero and zero. But I think we're going to get a pretty good idea of how some things are going to look based on what we see on Friday night and based on some of the results that we're going to hear about from Friday night. Yeah, we sit around talking out of both sides of our mouths a lot about this. You know, we talk about how it's just a scrimmage and don't get too bent out of shape. Yet you want to see success. Every time you walk out on the field, you want to win. You want to win every play. So if you win every play, chances are you're going to win the scrimmage. So, uh, yeah, listen. I mean, to build up a little confidence, especially on the high school level, is a good thing. I get it. I, I, I do think that coaches understand the bigger picture related to what's potentially possible for the future, and that's what they're going to be looking out for, for sure. I, I think the biggest thing right now is like, and I've always found this to be really either fun or funny, and that is special teams during a jamboree. Just because, like, there's inevitably going to be some kind of penalty with one of the schools not having 12 kids out on the field or 11 kids. You know, it's going to be a mess because they they go through it and they might do it in a scrimmage, but in a scrimmage, it's sort of just everybody just stands up for the extra point and lets it happen. When it's going to be live, this is when it's going to be real interesting. And I got to tell you, it's a situation where early in the year, the, the special teams might be the difference between ball games, which are really going to pay off at the end of the year when you go back and look at your PowerPoint situation and how you might have won a game early on. So, yeah, you, listen, it's going to be fun. The one thing I do think, I'm thanking goodness and that we have artificial turf fields in the area because uh, it, it would otherwise, anybody who is playing on a natural sod field, it's going to be really a mess playing on Friday night. No doubt about that. And Look, one of the things I said earlier in the show is I really believe, and I get it, the Jamborees are important for everybody, but I think that from Terrebonne High School's perspective, this is a big one on Friday night just in terms of perception because, look, you were one of the people that told me, and then I had others that told me as well, they played pretty well against Vanderbilt in their scrimmage. If they could produce a similar result against E.D. White on Friday – and either play close or, you know, tie or win or whatever it may be. I'm looking at their schedule. South Terrebonne, John F. Kennedy, Lakeshore, H.L. Bourgeois, Central, Lafouche. That's the first five. I think they would be favored in four out of those five. I, if they could produce a strong result Friday, man, we might have to start changing our opinions about our local 5A district in terms of the Bayou area. Terrebonne's got a chance to really flex their muscles on Friday against a very quality opponent. Yeah, because you know there's always a Bayou region team in that 7-5A district that has to sort of stand up and take care of business because they know if they do that, if they're sort of the champion of like that Bayou region of Lafouche and Terrebonne, they're one, going to make the playoffs, and two, maybe with a little bit of confidence and a little bit of success, 
they're maybe going to challenge a Hornville or a Destrehan or possibly an East St. John. So, yeah, I, I think we don't know who that team is from the Bayou region in 7-5-8. And what I saw of Terrebonne against Vanderbilt leads me to believe that there's a possibility. Now, listen, again, just trying to pump the brakes a little bit, I know that Vanderbilt didn't play everybody in that scrimmage. So that's one. Two, Terrebonne on the back end, defensive backfield, there were a few times where guys got you know behind the uh, guys from – from uh, Terrebonne, I, I, I just wonder how that's going to play out, especially in that district where people are probably going to throw the ball all over the place. I don't think it's going to matter in the Jamboree because that's not what E.D. White does. And we'll see how good the defensive line of Terrebonne, which I was impressed with in the jam, excuse me, in the scrimmage, how they're going to hold up. So, yeah, Terrebonne might be that team. The other team that's curious to me is, is H.L. Bourgeois. Was yeah. last year sort of – just a dominance of seniors on that team that made things work for them, and now they're not that much senior-laden? Or is it something where they built something and there's sort of an infrastructure there and they're going to carry on going forward? I know South Terrebonne and Thibodeau pretty much played to a draw in their scrimmage, so what does that say either about South Terrebonne or about Thibodeau going forward? Of course, Thibodeau having to play in 5A. So it's going to be real interesting. And the one thing, and you mentioned this, I think it was on Saturday morning, and I've been hearing more and more about it, Central LaFouche actually look really good in their scrimmage against Assumption. So, yeah, who's that team from the Bayou region on the 5A level that's really going to stick their neck out, do some good things this Friday night, and we're all talking about them on Saturday morning? Let's shift gears and talk a little bit of college football. We've actually got some SEC football coming on Saturday. That'll be Vanderbilt. I believe they're taking on Hawaii or something like that. It's a non-conference game. But uh, there are a lot of reporters in Baton Rouge right now that are heavily hinting and speculating the fact that they believe today at 6 o'clock, Brian Kelly's going to announce his starting quarterback. He has hinted in recent days that he's getting close to pulling that trigger. There's a press conference scheduled for 6 o'clock today. A lot of the reporters believe it's going to happen today. I'll put you on the spot. Will it be Nussmeyer? Will it be Daniels? I'm guessing it's going to be Daniels, and I say that. And listen, this is just from listening to everybody else talk, but when they do talk, I sort of agree with it. If they were playing, say, Southeastern in the first game, Southeastern Louisiana, or they were playing Southern, or they were playing a school that was an FCS school, or somebody that you knew they were going to dismantle, so to speak, I, I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't be as positive. But since it is Florida State, and since Daniels has a lot of starts under his belt, I just feel like it's probably going to be Daniels in that game. Obviously, I think we'll see Nussmeyer in there somewhere, but that's why I think it'll be Daniels. And listen, as that game is getting closer and closer, I'm starting to realize how important that game is to LSU because you got guys this week who are saying, you know, LSU might be the last-place team in the SEC West, and nobody's giving them any sort of credence or anything. Well, if you lose that game against Florida State, they're all right. I mean, you know, they're right. And But if you win it, and then you got a couple of games thereafter, Southern, I think, being one. And then I think you could obviously, just with the talent level, compete with a Mississippi State. That game is super important. And I didn't even realize how important it was until probably this last week when I'm thinking, 
a loss there is, is sort of devastating. I know it's the first game of the year, but a loss there is really, really tough for LSU in trying to maybe win eight or nine games in a year. You were a coach for a long time. Talk me through some strategy here. Florida State is playing Duquesne this weekend. Would you rather be in the situation where you're playing a game and could kind of shake off some cobwebs, or would you rather be in the situation where you've got a whole game's worth of film on your opponent and you could watch your opponent kind of be a tactician and break down some of their strengths and weaknesses? Who do you think has the advantage with Florida State playing this weekend, the Seminoles or LSU, who's going to get to sit back and watch the Seminoles from afar? Listen, I think Florida State has the advantage, of course, unless they get some guys hurt in that game against Duquesne. The second thing is I don't know how much they even have to show against Duquesne, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how much it helps LSU anyway. The only thing I would say is, is LSU is gearing up for Florida State. I mean, and this has been since the beginning of the summer, maybe even last spring. Florida State, Florida State, in the Dome, Florida State. Whereas Florida State is like, oh, we got a big game against LSU in the Dome, but they sort of have to turn their attention to Duquesne. They can't just, like, show up. You know, so they have, there has to be some kind of game planning that goes in. So maybe their focus is not quite as much. So I get where that would be maybe a little bit of an advantage to LSU. But if you're asking me, I get to dress out my team and play a game first and sort of get some of the cobwebs out of the way and to build up a lot of confidence in all probability, I'll, I'll take that. I was talking about this in the last segment of the show. There was a lot of speculation this offseason, especially when – it became super public, the rift between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher and the back and forth. And there were a lot of folks who speculated, hey, at 70, maybe this NIL stuff is wearing Nick down. Maybe this transfer portal stuff and having to re-recruit your locker room and the fact that he loses both coordinators every offseason, maybe that's tiring him out. Maybe retirement is near. Well, today he signed a contract extension through February 2030 that will keep him under contract until right before his 79th birthday. Um, yeah, he ain't going anywhere anytime soon, brother. Looks like he is going to grow old with the sport of college football, for better or for worse. Well, I did not know that. Thank you for informing me on that. And then I just thought to myself, boy, if you are a huge LSU fan, how bummed out must you be yes. right now? Because uh, I don't, you know, listen, unless he, he totally loses it somewhere along the line, he still got it, whatever it is. Uh, I was listening to Sports Talk Radio this morning coming into work where, you know, LSU now under Brian Kelly has, a, you know, they work on the middle game a lot. And there's a, even, you know, hypnosis and things like that. And this is something that Nick Saban's been doing forever. He understands that the, the totality of the game and everything that you have to do. So I think that's huge. And the other thing is, is it's like, it's like what he's got. It, 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 it's sort of his life. He's not like, a, not like a playboy or anything or wants to go. You know, I would imagine if you sat down and said, hey, Nick, let's take a trip to Europe or anything. I don't, I, he'd be the kind of guy to tell you, I didn't lose anything in Europe. <laughs> you know, let's talk <laughs> football or whatever. So all that being said, yeah, if you're an Alabama fan, you sort of got a smile on your face today. If you everybody else, I guess you worried about having to deal with him for the next, what did you say, till when? 2030, so the next, what, eight years? Wow. Wow. And you know what? I mean, obviously Alabama's doing that, and if he doesn't make it, he doesn't make it to that time. They figure that he's, you know, he's, he's, he's old what he's going to get no matter what. 
but I would bet every penny that he's going to make it until that yeah. contract's out. Yeah. yeah. If health allows, there's there's no doubt he's, he's going to probably ride that whole thing out. Now, from one old guy doing things you know, late in his career to another, let's talk about Tom Brady. You and I were kind of saying on Saturday, hey, we were growing a little bit more concerned. We didn't say we were worried yet. We both were like saying, hey, we're cautiously you know, following this. Brady reported back on Monday and then openly said, like he was candid. He didn't shy away from it. He didn't, you know, lie about it. He said, hey, I, I wanted to spend some time with my family. We went to the Bahamas. We took some trips. I wanted to spend some time with my wife and my kids. Um, a, I appreciate his honesty. But B, locker room wise, do you think this will do anything? The fact that, you know, everyone else is sweating and it's 100 degrees and they're beating up on each other while the quarterback is laying on a private island somewhere. Like, do you think that's going to hurt Tampa Bay in any way? Or is it, hey, it's just Tom Brady. He could do whatever the heck he wants. Uh, I would take option B. Tom <laughs> Brady can do whatever he wants. What's interesting is, as we finished the show on Saturday at around noon, that afternoon I didn't have a whole lot going on. So I went and watched the Tom Brady documentary, uh, which was, uh, I, I don't know the exact name of it, but basically revolved around the GOAT, right? And just guys talking about him and what he would do. I promise you, if he was away from that campus of Tampa Bay and he was doing his own thing with his family, right now he's working tw twice as hard as everybody else when he's back there. There is something that he's doing that those guys are all looking up to him because that's just his nature. That seems to be what he's done. That and the fact that you do get to a point in time in your career where you sort of, you, you've worked hard enough. You know, you, you've done everything. You've, you've gotten there. You understand the system that I don't think anybody else would have any kind of questions to what was going on. I do think that he thought this was important to sort of, save his family, so to speak. So I, I respect that. And I think he could get it done. Actually, I think he's back in camp earlier than I thought he was going to be back in camp. So uh, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that Tampa Bay is going to win the Super Bowl this year, but I think they will be good and it will be because of Tom Brady. New Orleans will wrap up their preseason on Friday at home in the Dome against Los Angeles. Dennis Allen has said couple days ago that we should expect to see a few more of the ones on the field than what we've seen earlier in the preseason where we've seen very little if any um but he also said that he's okay if Jameis Winston does not play and that they go the whole preseason without seeing him on the field um what are your thoughts man New Orleans is about to wrap up the preseason uh without seeing Winston would that concern you any at all absolutely I you know that's and maybe it's just personal to me but I, I don't uh, listen, Tom Brady's a different kind of soldier related to his success and what he has seen and what, you know, nothing's going to come up that's going to surprise him. Jameis Winston's still relatively young. If you go look at Jameis Winston's age, because I know he, you know, his first year in the NFL, he was only like 21 or something like that. I, I just think that Jameis Winston is not at that point where he could just walk out and spin out magic. I, I think it's going to take a little time. It's going to be getting some cobwebs out the way. It's going to be a knee that we have to see him take that first hit. How's he going to react? Is he going to be a little gun shy or whatever? And unfortunately, we're not going to see it, it sounds like. I would have I bet my bottom dollar that he would have played in this game. I really would have. And now it sounds like we may not see him in it. You know, the flip side of that is, is everybody's going to say, well, what if he gets hurt in that game? What if he gets hurt in that game? Well, 
you know, what if he gets hurt in week one, whatever the case may be. That's why I've been so high on Andy Dalton being the backup right now. Now, I don't know what they do once they get past those two guys because it ain't too good after that. But all that being said, no, I would love to see him play this. I would love to, even if he gets in one series and hands the ball off every single time, I would like to see him get on the field. The two big question marks, or not the two, but two of the bigger question marks revolving New Orleans this past season were what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara's legal issues, what's going to happen with Michael Thomas's health. And unfortunately, neither one has taken a turn for the better with Michael Thomas now missing practice time with a hamstring. And then Kamara, the reports are that the victim of his you know, assault or whatever we want to call it, is hiring the same attorney that all of the Deshaun Watson victims hired. So this thing ain't going away anytime soon. There are going to be some dark clouds in the sky, my friend. I don't know what's going to happen. Look, Thomas may come back in the next day or two. Kamara may end up you know, getting his charges dropped or whatever may end up happening there. We don't know. The legal system has to play out. But there are some ominous skies, man. Two big weapons are facing some issues right now. Yeah, when I heard that the lawyer uh, is going to kind of double up and, and represent the uh, victim, I guess we could call it, for uh, the Alvin Kamara incident. At first I thought, hmm, that's kind of odd. Maybe this guy just knows the NFL that well, that he knows what buttons to press and what. But then I started thinking it really doesn't have a lot to do with each other. I mean, there were a lot, a lot of victims when you talk about the situation with Deshaun uh, uh, Watson. And a lot of it's almost hard to get past that. In other words, no matter what happens in the courts related to the massage parlors and everything, we're still going to know sort of what happened there. Whereas with Alvin Kamara, I think we have to wait for the courts to play it. I think the courts are going to be the biggest, I don't know if you want to call it hindrance or whatever the case may be related to Alvin Kamara getting on the field. It's going to happen in the courts. And what happens there sort of happens, and then we'll have to go forward from there. Uh, the one thing about Michael Thomas, uh, I've seen snake-bitten people that just can't. Once something goes wrong, it just continues to go wrong, and Murphy's Law sort of takes over. I'm starting to wonder if that's what's happening with Michael Thomas, that he just can't. And, I, and I'm not saying he's not trying really hard, but that he just can't get over some things. And uh, if he doesn't, it's going to be a long season for the Saints. Well, well, you know this. I mean, you work with athletic trainers, and I again, I'm speculating. I, don't, I have no idea if what I'm saying is valid. But, okay, he's had some issues with the ankle, which turned into surgeries and whatever it may be in long extensive rehab. If you change anything about the way that you're running or walking or whatever to protect that ankle, guess what? Your hamstring's going to blow or something else is going to blow. And I don't know that that's what happened, but it, you know, if other parts of his body start breaking down, he could potentially be trying to protect the ankle and hurting something else. Yeah, it's a domino effect, right? I mean, one thing happens, so you tweak and you try and do this, and then that happens, and maybe that is what's happening to his body in general. Because of this, it made that less strong, and then all of a sudden it starts to wear down another part of the body. So that could very well be part of this. I know one thing, and I know this from when I was a kid till my old age now, if you heard that somebody had a hamstring problem, that was a problem. I yep. mean, all season long, that is a problem. It flares up. It's, you know, this person didn't practice this week. This person is not having the kind of year that they had in the past because they've been battling a hamstring problem all year. So when I heard that, it's not, two things. 
hamstring problem and a high ankle sprain. Both of those things cause for some problems for the rest of the season. And he's had both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that ain't any good for anybody. Brother, we thank you so much for the time. Please shoot me some scores on Friday, and I'll do the same, bro. We can work together, get them scores out there. We'll do that. Y'all have a good time down in South Lafourche. I'm hoping everything goes well down there. I know y'all start time is about 6.15 for the first game, and I think in Terrebonne Parish we're going to start at about 6 o'clock. So we'll, that's good. We'll stagger there you a go. little bit to get everything in. All right? Beautiful. Take care, brother. All right. That is Stan Gravois doing an excellent job, man. Look, he, he's right. You don't want to hear about high ankle sprains. You don't want to hear about hamstrings. You don't want to hear about turf toe. These are all lingering injuries. When I heard Michael Thomas was dealing with that, it's easy to just scream from your radio dial case he's being a hater. He doesn't like the Saints, whatever it may be. The facts are the facts. This is an injury that is often slow to go away. James Harden is my favorite basketball player. He has hamstring issues. When he gets a pull or a grab, he's done for three, four weeks. And that's rushing it. Oftentimes, he comes back too soon, and then, okay, now it's six to eight weeks. And whenever he gets back, you know, he's out of shape and big, but you can't really do a whole lot while you're rehabbing that. It, it's not a fun process, and especially for a wide receiver who's cutting and shifting, and it's not a fun process. I don't know how severe or how you know, profound this pull was. Maybe they're just being extremely cautious and an abundance of caution, and he'll be back sooner rather than later. I surely hope so. But you don't want to hear about hamstring issues. That's something that doesn't go away, especially with an injury-prone player, especially with a guy who already has, in, you know, injury issues with the legs and the ankles and whatever it may be. All that stuff is tied together. It's not a good situation. Hopefully it clears up, but I'm beginning to have my doubts. It's play-by-play on KLEB. When we get back, we're going to go through the headlines one more time in a short segment. Then we'll get our betting picks and get out of Dodge. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. you have a pest control problem, Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bed bugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. 
Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three and two stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve. Want to become a certified babysitter? Terrebonne General Health System is excited to offer super sitter classes. Participants will learn first aid and CPR along with safety, business, and basic child care skills. Classes are for ages 11 to 15 and will be held at Terrebonne General. Upon completion of the program, students will receive a two-year American Red Cross Babysitter CPR first aid certification. Our summer sessions are about to kick off. For class schedules and prices or to register, call 985-850-6204 or visit tghealthsystem.com. If you're into wrestling podcast and it's play by play here on KLEB, this is certainly not a wrestling podcast, though we do talk some WWE from time to time. But if you're into wrestling podcasts, hearing that song made me think to remind you all listen to 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, which you could hear on ad free shows. They talk about the NWO era, they talk about all the Hulk Hogan and Sting stories. And this past week's episode uh, chronicled a very prominent time in wrestling, which was talking about Arn Anderson's retirement and you know the great promo that he cut in the ring while making his retirement. It was an awesome episode. Kudos to the folks there for doing a great time. Anytime I hear the NWO song, it makes me think of that era. Uh, but it's play-by-play here on KLEB. We have spoken about Kevin Durant. We've spoken about Nick Saban. Let's talk some Major League Baseball in this segment of the show. The Los Angeles Angels owner, um, let me tell you the name, Art Moreno said on Tuesday that he is exploring a possible sale of the team and Moreno said it's been my great honor and privilege to own the Angels for 20 seasons as an organization we have worked to provide our fans an affordable and family-friendly ballpark experience while fielding competitive lineups which included some of the game's all-time great players the Angels have been such an enigma they have been such a frustrating enigma over the last several years they're a team that I would love to root for. Like they've got really good individual players, you know, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. And uh, in years past, they had you know Pujols during his you know his prime. I guess it was kind of the tail end of his prime, but whatever it may be, they've just never been good. <laughs> they've never been good. They're fifty-two and seventy. Um, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand why this is a roster that just hasn't worked out. Well. I do get it, and I do understand. They don't. They've never built proficient pitching, and they've never built the ability to, you know, build their their roster around what they do on the mound. But this is an Angels team. I'm going to read to you the year by year numbers here. It's remarkable given the talent that they've had. They haven't had a winning season since 2015, when they were 85 and 77. They haven't made the playoffs since 2014, whenever they won uh, their division and then got swept in the opening round of the playoffs by the Royals. They haven't won a playoff series since 2009. They haven't won a playoff game since 2009. That's a long time to be in the Los Angeles market. This year, they're 25 games back. Last year, they ended the season 18 games back. In 2020, the COVID-shortened season, they finished the year 10 games back. 
2019, 35 games back. 2018, 23 games back. This is a team that's spending enough money to be competitive, and they've got to figure out what's going on, what's not allowing us to be competitive. They won the World Championship 20 years ago. They beat the Giants in that wonderful World Series in 2002. Really haven't been all that relevant since then. Uh, it's been a struggle for them since that time. They've made the playoffs a couple times since then in the 2000s, but since 2010, it's been a train wreck. They haven't won a playoff series or a playoff game rather in more than a decade. So, Angels are going to be getting some new ownership, and they've got to figure something out, dude, because it's a shame. Mike Trout, and any baseball fan could tell you this, any person who studies the game and watches the game and follows closely what happens with the game could tell you, Mike Trout is one of the best players to ever play the game. Mike Trout is one of the best single individual players in the entire sport. And for whatever reason, he's just never been on a winning team. They've never been able to figure it out. Dude is 31 years old. He's already got 334 home runs. He's already one hit away from 1,500. He's got 1,499. He's a career 303 hitter. He's a great outfielder. He's got an OPS for his career of one, which is ridiculous. You shouldn't be able to do that. From day one, he's been an impact player. He's got multiple seasons with 40 home runs, multiple seasons with 100 RBI, and they've just never been able to figure it out. And it's a shame because the sport is better whenever the best players are in prominent positions to succeed and the Angels just haven't been able to do that service to Mike Trout. And I hope as his career continues on, they're able to get it done and they're able to build a winner. But he deserves to play in the playoffs. He deserves to have you know that opportunity to compete at the highest levels. That's the one thing. Second thing that I want to mention, and this, is, this one was crazy to me. This one kind of took me back and took me for a loop. Um, Yankees general manager Brian Cashman today said, hey, I believe strongly in Aaron Boone and the New York Yankees amidst their struggles. The Yankees are 6-14 and 14 in August. Yes, it hasn't been pretty. But the Yankees are also leading the American League East easily. The Yankees are also in contention strongly to win the world championship. They've got the second best record in the entire American League. And they're showing signs of potentially getting back right. They beat Max Scherzer yesterday. They've won two games in a row now. What kind of pressure do you have in New York where you could be 75 and 48? One of the best teams in the entire sport. One of the teams that I still, even despite the struggles, think are on a short list of teams to win the world championship. And your general manager midseason in late August, with a month left to go in the year, is having to say that he supports you and that he has your back and that he thinks that you're you know, still the right man for the job and you're not going to get fired mid-season or after the season, whatever it may be. That's insane. Those are insane expectations. Those are in insane, um, uh, how could I say, performance goals. Like, okay, you're 30 games above 500 and some people still think it's not good enough because you've had a rough two weeks. That's tough, man. I can't imagine the pressure cooker that New York is. Those Yankee fans, they don't deal with any foolishness, man. They want to see a winner, and they want to see it right now. And I told you guys this, and I bet on the Yankees yesterday. I'm probably going to bet on them again today. There's a lot of value in them right now in Vegas. They had a rough three weeks, but they were dominant before that. And a lot of the public money is going against them. I think they're going to be in good position because they pitch so well. They pitch so well. Even though they're losing games, they're losing games 3-2. to two. They're losing games two to one, four to three. They're never out of the game because they pitch well enough to stay in the game. 
And once they get, they get a couple of bats hot, besides for Judge, I think they're still going to be in position. I think they're a team that is going to be in contention. Who, who in the American League is decisively better than them? Houston, maybe. Who else? Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay can't score. They've scored not even 500 runs all year. One of the worst offenses in the league. They can't score. Toronto, I guess, maybe. No one in the Central. It's, it's, it's going to be down to the Yankees and the Astros. It's going to be down to the Yankees and the Astros. And then it's one seven-game series between two teams that don't like one another, and it'll be a whole lot of fun to watch. But we're riding off this team way too soon based on a couple of bad weeks. The Dodgers a couple of years ago won the World Series during a season where I believe, if my memory serves me, they lost like 10 games in a row at one point during that season. Slumps happen. Things ebb and they flow. The Yankees are going to be in position. And I'm saying this as someone who's not a fan, but we're panicking way too soon on them. It's play-by-play. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll make our betting picks, and then we'll get out of here on this Tuesday show. Today's Medical Minute is provided to you by Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. Hello, I'm Billy Nakian, the director of the Spine Center of Excellence at Thibodeau Regional. Have you had a recent neck or back injury, or have you been suffering with recurrent neck and back pain? Have you been searching for relief? Thibodeau Regional has developed a unique approach to treating neck and back disorders. The Spine Center of Excellence provides a comprehensive, patient-centered approach to ensure that you receive the right care at the right time from the right provider. The Spine Center is different because it offers centralized access to multiple specialties and services. Patients and their referring physicians are led by a nurse navigator through a process of assessment and treatment individually tailored to the patient's unique condition. In addition to total care coordination, the Spine Center's comprehensive services include everything from high-tech diagnostic imaging to physical therapy, surgery, alternative medicines, and chronic pain services. If you're experiencing back or neck pain, call today. 985-493-4501. The Spine Center of Excellence of Thibodeau Regional will put you on the path back to your normal routine. This Medical Minute was sponsored by Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, nationally recognized for providing the highest level of quality care and patient satisfaction. For nearly half a century, Tiger Rag Magazine has covered all things LSU sports. The 2003 National Championship with Coach Nick Saban. Tiger Rag Magazine was there. The 2007 National Championship with Coach Les Miles. Tiger Rag Magazine was there. And the undefeated season of the 2019 National Championship with Coach Ed Ordron. Tiger Rag was there. With coverage from the practice field to the hoisting of the trophy. But in all these years of LSU sports moments, there has never been a more exciting time to be a Tiger fan than now. A new era has arrived at Tiger Stadium. Coach Brian Kelly has arrived in Baton Rouge with aspirations of grasping the one thing, one thing. that has eluded his illustrious career, a national championship. It takes hard work. It takes a commitment. Tiger Rag Magazine will be there every step of the way as Coach Kelly attempts to solidify his status in Louisiana immortality. Follow each moment with Tiger Rag Magazine on newsstands now online at tigerrag.com. Since 1948, that's 74 years, Hilaria Brothers has been in the commercial fishing and shrimping supply business, stocking large selections of 12-volt electrical and hydraulic single and double drum winches, and hydraulic motors with brakes, beltless clutches, and pumps with brackets. They also carry hydraulic stainless steel skimmer winches, hydraulic valves, and hydraulic steering for up to 65-foot boats. Also a huge assortment of crab traps and crab trap wire, stocking nylon plastic and knotless webbing. You heard about that new webbing? 
webbing, platina, knotless dyneema. Alera Brothers also stocks shark tail netting that's reinforced with stainless steel wire. They stock four different sizes of galvanized stabilizers. Also stocking a large variety of fiberglass cloth, including resin gel coat and other supplies needed for fiberglassing. Lost an anchor? Alerio Brothers stocks anchors from 5 pounds to 100 pounds. Visit Alerio Brothers before the season begins. That's Alerio Brothers, 894 Avenue A, West Wego, online at AleriaBros.com. You know weather bug users when you see them. The umbrellas before the storm. The scarves before the blizzard. The flip-flops before the heat wave. The prepared few. Well, not so few. Over 10 million people use the WeatherBug app for hyper-local weather reports and real-time updates that prepare you for whatever happens next. With more free map layers than any other weather app, WeatherBug sees the unforeseen to protect you from the unpredictable. Download the WeatherBug app today for free. Welcome back to Play by Play. I hope that they're not screaming what you scream during this song at these betting picks, but who knows? Some days we have some good ones. Some days we have some bad ones. I lead off today. I'm taking the Toronto Blue Jays to beat the Boston Red Sox, covering the minus 140 money line. Ross Stripling is throwing for Toronto. He's got a 2.93 ERA. He's been good this season. Facing Josh Winkowski, who has a 5.19 ERA this season, who has not been good. So I got the better pitcher. I've got the better team. Though the game is in Fenway, gives Boston a little bit of advantage. I think Toronto has more urgency and more to play for because they're very much in the thick of the race in terms of the wild card out in the American League. I like Toronto to take care of business and beat Boston today on the road. Pick number two. I wrote it yesterday and it worked. I'm riding it again. I like the Yankees to beat the Mets today at home, covering the minus 130 money line. Frankie Montes is throwing for the Bombers. He's got a 4-10 record, but a 3.87 ERA. He's facing Tawan Walker, who's got a 10-3 record and a 3.36 ERA. But Walker has not been great lately. He, uh, in a start against Atlanta, gave up eight runs in one inning recently. Then in his last outing against Atlanta, you know, got kind of washed out and tightened up a little bit. I don't know. It just feels like an opportunity where the Yankees are going to hit him get some balls out of the park, get the balls into the air, and drive some balls into the stratosphere there and take care of business and get a win on the road. While I mean, excuse me, get a win at home against the the crosstown rivals, the Mets. My bad, the Yankees are at home in that one. Let's see. The last one that I'm going to take today is going to be right here where I like the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are going to take care of business and win covering a minus 150 Money line today against the Brewers. Corbin Burns is throwing for Milwaukee. I don't care. The Dodgers are a better team than Milwaukee is. They're 84 and 37. They're playing their best baseball right now. Milwaukee beat them yesterday, four to nothing. How often they beat the Dodgers two times in a row? Not often enough. I think that the Dodgers, after being shut out, are going to be angry, are going to be playing inspired, and I think they're going to want to make a statement on their home field against a team that they may ultimately end up playing at some point in the playoffs. Milwaukee's actually beat the Dodgers three out of five so far this season. The Dodgers will want to tighten that up a little bit and get back on track. Thanks to everybody for listening today. Thanks to our calling guests, Coach Keegan Pokey and Stan Grabois. Y'all, if y'all ain't doing nothing tonight, go on out to Thibodeau High School at 6.30. LCO will be playing West Thibodeau. will be an opportunity to maybe decide the Paris Championship in Lafouche Parish. 
I know there's still a whole season to be played, but those are the two favorites, and they're going to be locking horns tonight at 6.30. We'll be back tomorrow. We've got our mailbag and some other things. BJ Young should be joining us. We're going to have a great show planned for tomorrow. We're wrapping up right here. God bless everybody. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Take care. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.